Hi, it's Tiffany. And I'm Kudzi, and welcome to Love and Limbo Land, the podcast. A series where we discuss the trials and tribulations of dating in LA. I'm a 28-year-old young professional working in the intersection of media and tech. I have always been obsessed with relationships and dating. I actually wrote my master's thesis at USC, Fight On, and online dating and what our generation is looking for. So let's try to figure that out together because I still don't know. I'm a 30-year-old originally from South Africa, and I moved to LA with a dream to work in entertainment and technology, living my best life, but still fumbling my way through the dating landscape. Each week, we share one of our dating stories and decode the experience as we discover what it means to date in the city of many opportunities. Know that you are not alone in this dating jungle. We're in this together, so let's continue this journey and learn how to be open to love. On today's episode, we have Kendall, who's going to be sharing with us how her heart was with two different men and how she was able to navigate that situation and end up with the man she is with today. I asked my current boyfriend if I could revisit my love with my ex-boyfriend and he told me he'd wait for me. That is a good man. That is a good man. I need one of those. Explore yourself, but you don't find those. Tell us what even happened. All right. Well, let's start with chapter one Um, with my ex-boyfriend. I'm going to call him Anthony. Um, So Anthony and I met in high school. He was in my freshman Spanish class and uh, he cheated off all my tests, which is really funny because he's Mexican and I am not. And he cheated off all of my tests. I feel like people are going to come for you for that one. (laughs) Um, And so he cheated off me. um, And I remember him, it was a kind of went around in school that he had said, um, just wait and see this girl's going to get hot one day, which mortified me at the time because I was like five, nine, a hundred pounds, like nothing, no fat on my body. Cause I played soccer and it was like, I was just trying to grow into myself. And I remember so he was playing the long game. I think so. Okay. I think well, I think he maybe he wanted you to hear that. Cause it's kind of like a nag, like yeah. you're going to hear it and be like, I'm going to prove to him that <laughs> I'm going to be the hottest girl. And then here you are. Yeah. So Fast forward to college, I was 21 years old and um, we kind of like rekindled our friendship because I had just graduated. Well, I hadn't just graduated. I was graduating in May, but I'd already moved home. Um, And so we kind of started hanging out. I started hanging out with his friends again. One of my best friends was dating his friend. I might have been hooking up with one of his best friends. Um, Living your best life, Living my best life. (laughs) And 21 years old. And I sparked this relationship with Anthony and um we started dating on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. and when I was 21 years old on Valentine's Day and um, I guess that was 2011 and um moved in together I don't know six seven months later in September wow that's really young to move in <laughs> yeah together. I yeah. mean this is the foundation for either something great or something disastrous yes so we move in together of course my dad is freaking out um my dad is a single parent my mom passed away when I was 20 and so my my dad at the time was like how are you going to make this work because I do not want to see this come back and you end up kind of uprooting your life so I had to make a contract with my dad we both had to sign it um and moved in together and you know of course we both didn't know what we were getting into we'd never lived on our own without you know anybody who else. decided like did you both decide you want to move in with each other or how did that conversation even come up yeah we we just were we were super in love like and truly we both felt we spent so much time together and we both felt like it would work and um I was doing Teach for America in Compton and I think he wanted to be there. It was a really, it was a really difficult 
time in my life with that job and he wanted to be there for me and he was like I'm in if you're in I'm in and the funny thing is about it it's not funny I mean the great thing about it was it was perfect. Like we literally had no issues. We, I give myself the chills every time I say it because we worked out together. We had the same workout schedule. We had the same eating habits. We were very healthy. We motivated each other. We could go out on our own. You know, we lived in Redondo beach, so no one was around us. So we would go out on our own all the time and have the best time. We really could just do that. And it worked out really well. And we actually ended up living together for almost five years. How did you support yourself? It's a very practical question because I'm a really practical <sighs> yes. person as Tiffany knows. I'm always like, give me the exact tips. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we were making nothing. And I think back to that time all the time because there really, we struggled through a lot. And what we did was we cooked every single meal. We, we went out, I think maybe, maybe twice a week, um, cooked every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Didn't go out. Um, we were, we didn't have a lot of friends in the area. So it wasn't like we were going out drinking all the time and spending that money. We'd stay home. And that's really how we cut costs there. And, and just, you know, we went to 24 hour fitness back then there was no soul cycle in my life. There was no Pilates. I wasn't splurging $500 a month on working out. It was literally, he trained me and I worked out with him and that was it. So that's find you a man that can train you for free. (laughs) That's That's my goal in 2018. Cause these gym fees, girl, that's expensive. Exorbitant. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I was, mind you, by the way, now I'm 22 years old living with my boyfriend who is a couple years older than me. I think he was 24. Um, maybe had just turned 25 and, um, we, you know, we were both brand new in the workforce, but made it work. And we were very happy. Truly. We were very happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. We fought a lot. I can probably count on two hands how many times I took all of my stuff out of the closet and put it in my car just to like oh my god the drama though. yeah exactly because you're that. young you've never lived with anybody and this is your way of being like I'm leaving and then 20 minutes later you're like oh remember that <laughs> happened <laughs> um, so anyway so we lived together for like I said close to like four four years close to dated for close to five and um I was at a point in my life where we had ended up moving to Hollywood, I was now working for E! News. I had been to a couple different jobs um, where I met Tiff, and um, I was now working for E! News and also was a um, ice crew member on, with the LA Kings and had two different jobs, kind of supporting myself and also kind of looking at my life like I am... 25 years old and have never been alone in my 20s after college. I've never been alone. I've never lived with a friend. I've never experienced what it's like to be alone mm-hmm. and be on my own. Because you got to know who you are. You got to, you know, right. live your life before you become somebody's wife. Quote me on that one. Tweet me that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm all good. about Did that. Did you just come up with that? No, or? Beyonce said that one. Oh, okay. oh that makes good sense. Go good. Bay. Um, but so, you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, I you're when you're in your 20s you really haven't figured you think you have you haven't figured yourself out because you ha- you're not making money yet you're not really i mean you're getting there and you're just starting off but you have no idea what the real world is like outside of college absolutely and so i went you know i told him i i have to be alone i can't do this anymore and it was i went to a flywheel spin class and he had snapchatted me while i was in class and i broke down after like after the class I came out was put getting my like shoes off and stuff and I saw the snapchat and I broke down crying and I thought to myself in that moment I thought I can't do this anymore and like what, what was, was the so snapchat? pivotal about that moment what was that he we had not been on snapchat in our relationship um because both of us at the time were just like we don't need 
Snapchat because we, we didn't at the time now Snapchat's different at the time to me Snapchat was a way of hiding who you're really talking to or what you're doing because you couldn't see any of the messages you really couldn't see you know it, it was more secretive than it is now right yeah. and we both decided mutually like it wasn't like anything had happened we just were like why do we need Snapchat we don't need to be hiding secret messages you know what I mean yeah. we'll text our friends or do whatever whenever you know we want mm -hmm. and so we hadn't had Snapchat and then I got it back for work purposes because I needed it for work to look up like when celebrities were doing things and so he decided to get it back and I don't know what it was about that that I just was like I was just doing it for work and all of a sudden he was like hey babe on Snapchat again and like sent me a picture of his face and I don't know what it was I literally couldn't tell you I broke down right after class wow. Right. and sweaty and everything I hadn't showered go home he's sitting on the couch and I looked at him and like I still I'm probably gonna start crying but I still remember to this day like just telling him like I can't do it anymore I'm so sorry I just need to be alone I can't have this anymore and I truly like I still hurt because it wasn't that I wasn't in love with him anymore and it wasn't that I didn't love him and care for him so deeply I just wanted to be alone and I wanted to know what it was like to be independent mm -hmm. and so because that's a deep thing though it was so it's deep like, it's, it's a you thing yeah because people like put the relationships and things on pedestals but when you need to do stuff for yeah. you like everything yeah. else just doesn't matter exactly and and I just felt like I relied on him and my relationship was so codependent I literally would I would have like taken like walked in front of a bus for him like I I to be fair I still would I would still take a bullet for him today like he is that special to me and I I we were but we were so codependent like literally couldn't do anything without each other because I was 21 when I moved in with this man like literally like we were so or when we started dating 22 when we moved in and I we were so in love and it was that type of love that was almost a little dysfunctional because we would like passionately fight but also like it was because we couldn't figure out how to like share our emotions mm -hmm. and so we just became super codependent and I just had a realization that you know a couple months before that where I was like oh my gosh you need to learn how to be alone and so I had that conversation like I told you still sweaty still like hadn't showered after my spin class packed up my stuff and went to my dad's that night and I will never forget I think I got like I got Reese's peanut butter cups and a bottle of wine and laid in my brother's room which is weird like I don't know why I decided to do that like I had a room <laughs> but like went into my brother's room and like that. laid he wasn't home and I just like laid there and I remember the sickening feeling and it's a feeling that I still from time to time to from time to time will get is it's a feeling of homesickness. And I know mm -hmm. the feeling because when I moved to college, I got it. Mm -hmm. And then when my mom died, I got it. And it's this deep sickening feeling in your gut where you just feel like, oh my God, this massive change and this massive feeling of absence, mm -hmm. this hole, you know? And I felt that honestly for years, wow. but it was obviously strongest that night where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to uproot my life with this person who I, is my like other half mm -hmm. right so that's i guess chapter one wow what? this is a lot of like life for a 22 year old yeah a it's lot. so and i've i wanted to say like it's so inspiring that you realize what you needed to do for yourself to be the best you because yeah. when you have someone i can't imagine being in that situation with someone where you're so compatible and it's passionate and and you realize that you have to take a break in order to find yourself. It's like, yeah. how do you actually get yourself to do it? And a lot of people, 
you know, um, bless my dad because he is the great, another great man in this world. And he is just, he is, he is a no, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. I don't know if I can say ass on here, but I, he's like, I'm not going to do that. And he said to me, you will never truly know who you are until you have experienced what it's like to be alone. So true. And that's, that's how I felt. And it, he, yeah. he praised me for that. He said, it takes a lot of courage to get up and leave someone that you care so deeply about because you know that you haven't figured yourself out yet. Yeah. So chapter two. All right. <laughs> chapter two. So this is man one done. Yeah. Okay. Anthony is chapter one. Chapter two is my current boyfriend. I could say his name Easton cause he's, he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> but my current boyfriend Easton. Um, so I broke up with Anthony in October. Um, well in September I moved out in October, by the way, to preface this, I had to, we had to live together for two weeks until I could finally get my own apartment with my best friend. And, um, I, he slept on the couch, like bless his soul, slept on the couch, was so kind about it. Didn't like we, he didn't give me a hard time. It was just sadness truly in, in the mm. air. And, um, when I finally found a place and decided to move, he was gone for the weekend. And, um, my dad came to help me, my dad's girlfriend, her family, my aunt, I had the best support group truly that came and understood how difficult it was for me. And, um, unfortunately the furniture like in the bedroom was mine because my dad had bought it for me after college and took the bed too she took it all but i mean it's hers yeah so what are you gonna do i had to take the bed and i had to take like a good amount the couches and stuff which were my parents couches are still there he still lives in that apartment and he still has all of that and i wasn't about to do any of that but i did need obviously my like my bed and my furniture because i needed a place to sleep exactly and so um I wrote him a three-page letter that I still have like I took pictures of it so I I could always go back to it and read it to remind myself what I was doing because I I knew two weeks would go back by and I'd go oh my gosh I what What am I doing exactly Mm -hmm. and so I wrote this letter out to him and I promised him look this isn't because I don't think you're good enough I think you're a great man I think you are brilliant beyond belief I think that you are one of the best ones in this world it's just because I don't know who I am without you and I don't think that we can survive unless I know that and by the way at that point I hadn't ruled out getting back together with him I had never ruled that out Mm -hmm. I'd never ruled out you know what the future held I just knew what I needed to do in that moment Mm -hmm. so I move out in October and um it it's now November and I'm going to USC homecoming which I I went to USC fight on (laughs) fight on and um I was there kind of to hang out with another guy who I'd liked in college and kind of, he blew me off in college a little bit. And then he started showing me all this attention, like via text and everything. He was like, well, let's hang out at homecoming. So I go to homecoming and of course we go to the 901 bar and grill, which for all of you Trojans out there, you know, what a (laughs) mess that place is hole in the wall bar. It's as dirty as it gets. I mean, there's probably throw up like deeply embedded. The floors are sticky. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. sticky. Like I remember walking through and I had to literally pick up my feet because mm-hmm. it was stuck to the floor. Exactly. So this is the kind of place that it was, but we loved going there. So I go to kind of hang out with this other guy and he honestly wasn't really showing me any attention, which I was just, I'm the type of girl that I, if you show me attention, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And if you don't, I don't really care. I, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like I, I just don't feed. I'm not the type of girl that's like play hard to get and I'll come <laughs> after you. I don't do that. You're either in or you're out. Um, and this guy wasn't showing me that much attention. I kind of was like, whatever. Well, as I'm realizing this, 
this British man walks up to me in the Nino and he's like, uh, and I'm terrible at British accents just to preface this. Um, but he goes, uh, uh hello. Uh, I saw you from, I saw you from outside and I wasn't supposed to come in. I wasn't supposed to come in here. I was supposed to go to the game, but, um, I saw you and I gave me tickets away and, um, I, I just, I had to meet you. Uh, I'm, uh, my name is Easton Gray Fire. And I was like, first of all, Easton Gray Fire. Yeah, I was like, sir, oh, That no. name is too good. And that is his actual I real know. name. I would just... have thought it was a scam. I would have thought it was a scam and that's how they get you. Okay, yeah. hold on yeah. though. <laughs> yes. There's more to the story. So he starts telling me about how he moved from London. He played football in London um, and his his parents are still in London and um, he, you know, is now living in LA. He went to USC and um, essentially he had like basically said he had tickets to the game, decided not to go to the game and saw me in line. And in that moment when I'm going to meet this, I need to meet this girl. I don't, I'm not the type of, I don't think that I'm like this stand. I mean, we live in LA. Like mm-hmm. you see tall blonde girls all the time. I, I don't see myself in that light, but he very much did. And I'm pretty though. Like, just received. Gorgeous guy. If you guys, the listeners, you can't see her, but she's actually gorgeous. So yeah. it makes sense to the rest of us here. So it, it blew my mind. I was like, what? And so he's obviously any girl knows we I'm not going to lie about this. Any girl knows. When a guy comes up to you in a British accent, I don't care if he's like five five, like you you're kind of interested. And um, True. confirmed. <laughs> and um no nothing wrong with any five five guy out there. I am five nine, so it's a little difficult, but <laughs> I'd still be interested. Um and so he comes up to me with this this British accent and But I'm he's like, like six two or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, like. he is very he's tall. tall. He's a tall man, good hair like a little scruff going on, nice lips. Like he's a good looking guy, but also has a British accent on top of all of it. He's a very good looking guy. And I'm like, wow, this guy is so attractive. And he's talking to me and like was blown away. And I, I also need to tell you guys, I was at this point, it was my first homecoming back being single. And I was pretty drunk. And if anybody knows the Nino, like that is a place you don't go sober. And I was pretty drunk. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. And I was getting, I was getting to the point of being too drunk to be there. Right. And Which is, uh, you know, that place where you're just like, you know, I gotta go. Yeah. And that's what my, I thought I was going to leave. And then here walks Easton gray fire with the British accent. And so I'm, you know, we, we get to talking and he's just kind of blowing me away with how like attractive he is. He plays soccer and I play soccer and he's like going to paint his cousins or his, um, uh, aunt's house tomorrow. And he has little cousins who were like at the time I think she was like five and I was like this is adorable like he's a family man and he's great and you know and we get to talking and eventually we start taking um I he asked me what I'm drinking and I was at the time I was very into tequila gimlets mm-hmm. so <laughs> that is what I was drinking so he's like what is a tequila gimlet I'm like it's so good we have to drink this we're drinking tequila gimlets and next thing I know we are passionately making out like I don't make out I'm like not You're that not girl a PDA chick no and anybody and who I remember knows me, you saying that you hated kissing yeah I hate making out it's a weird thing with me like I, the sound of it it's just this whole thing and I Maybe you should watch like ASMR no she would hate don't do it don't do it it's like the bachelor much. when they are making out on the bachelor oh, yeah. I literally have to plug my ears because it makes me want to like Ugh. rip my eyes out like okay. it's, it's anyway so thing. yeah okay. I can't I'm not a make a maker outer um, but I we were like passionately making out for like I don't think I've ever made out with anybody this long especially somebody I didn't know I'm not the type of girl that goes for strangers I've never been on a dating app like I've never had these experiences and um so we were like we passionately making out well next day i know my best friend finally comes um my best friend didn't go to usc but she that's the one that i moved in with and she finally comes because she knows that i'm pretty drunk and she's gonna pick me up and we're she's gonna hang out and whatever 
And she's talking to Easton as well. And meanwhile, I'm like going off, doing my own thing, coming back, talking to Easton, whatever. So the night goes on. We finally decide to leave. And I have no idea what's going to happen with Easton. But, um, you know, we switch numbers. And he was like, well, do you want to go to Panda? Is it Panda Fresh? It's right next door. Panda Express right next door. And he was like, do you want to go to Panda Express? I was like, normally I would say yes, but no, because I am on the point now of like being very sick. (laughs) So, um, life you know we leave and next morning I wake up and I'm like who was that and I go into Chrissy's room and she's across the hall and I go in her room I'm like that guy was so attractive and she was like which one and I was like the British guy and she was like there was no British guy oh my god <laughs> and you guys have to understand that at this point I'm going did I drink myself into like like you were hearing yeah accent. hearings act I literally thought I thought I was going crazy I was like oh my god I I thought I was I heard an accent in my drunken stupor I heard accents I was mortified so then I, I go on Facebook to search him and see who he is mutual friends with well ironically he's mutual friends with this girl one of my close friends who's like my little sister her name's Candon they're mutual friends mm-hmm. so I call Candon weirdly just to be like hey can you give me Caitlin's number because I met this guy last night and it's our only mutual friend. Mm. She goes, I'm actually in bed with Caitlin. Like they, she spent the night with Caitlin. She said, Caitlin's literally in bed with me right now. She spent the night last night. I'm like, put her on speakerphone, put her on speakerphone. I'm like, I met this guy, Easton fire and you're friends with him. She's like, yeah, I went to middle school with him. And I was like, so is he British? Because he was talking to me in a British accent. I'm 90% sure. But Chrissy's telling me he was not. And she goes, Kendall, he's from the Valley, like born and raised (laughs) from the Valley. And I am at this point, I am like, Oh, I'm mortified Mm -hmm. because he has also texted me at this point now and been like, Hey, it was so nice meeting you. Like would love to take you on a first date. I'm reading this still in a British accent. (laughs) So I'm like, he hasn't said that he's not British. He didn't tell me he was messing with me. And so I go into this full blown, like I was hearing things or he's, he has a British accent or he was doing one. Exactly. And so I, I say, I, you know, Caitlin's like, I can't believe that you like, like met him, how random, whatever we all hang up. And I, I say, you know what? I'm going to go on this first date. I have not been on a first date, mind you in five or six years after my ex-boyfriend. So I haven't been on a first date. This is my very first first date. And I think that this man has a British accent, but I'm not sure. So he asked if we can go on a Wednesday. This is Sunday. He asked if he can take me out Wednesday. He shows up to my apartment and I walk outside and he goes, I'm going to stop you before you come any closer. I don't have a British accent. Wow. (laughs) I don't have a British accent. And if you don't want to go on this date with me because of that, I completely understand. But let me just explain. It was because I was extremely nervous to talk to you. And that was the only thing that I could like come up with. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Uh. So I go, I'll still go on the date with you. Like he's still cute. He's super cute. And so so I'm like, I'll still go on the date date with you. You know what I mean? We end up having, it's actually really weird. So he takes me to the one up, which is in Sherman Oaks. At the time I lived in North Hollywood, he takes me to the one up in Sherman Oaks. We have a great time. Um, we like ordered, I was still working for the LA King. So I have to be in a crop top about four days a week. So he ordered like Mac and cheese, fried everything, da da da. And I'm like, normally I would chow down on this, but it's the middle of Kings. Like I can't, it's the beginning of, of King season. I'm like, I have hockey stick because I, I can't do this. Like I gotta look. Yeah. Right, so I like you know. would sneak bites in, but like I was starving the whole day <sighs> because I couldn't really eat that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And so, and I didn't learn that, you know, you go on a first date and the guy, not that I'm saying that that's okay. He just took it upon himself to order. And, you know, today I would obviously be the one, you know, if if I had a more first state experience, I would be like, oh, I I would want a salad. You know, I'm a feminist, so I do agree. (laughs) I do take the reins. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, he was just sweet and he was like, Hey, let's just get this, whatever. 
Um, date was great. We end up kissing. And that's the end, I guess I would say, of chapter two. Okay. So British guys and British. Yeah. But he's great. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, do you still have like Anthony feelings during this time? So I preface on our first date, I straight up. So let's go into chapter three. This is where this is where the Easton and I kind of figure things out and like kind of decide what's going to happen. So, um, the saga of Easton, I'll call it. So, um, Easton on on the first date, I tell him, look, I I just got out of a, and mind you, what is rule number one of dating? You don't talk about your exes, right? Yeah. Like that's probably pretty much rule number one. And he, it was funny because he had said he read that in a book once Easton was like, Mm -hmm. I read in a book once that if like anybody brings up their ex on a first date, like it's an automatic no. Yeah. And I had told him, look, I just got out of a really long relationship. I was, you know, I lived with him. It was very serious and I'm not looking for anything serious, but you're really cool. And like, I'd like to keep hanging out, whatever. And he was like, okay, cool. Like whatever. So, um, we end up going on a couple more dates. He took me to like, um, a comedy show. Have you been to that Facebook show at, um, I forget which theater it UCB. is. Yeah. UCB, yeah, the yeah, Facebook show. Yeah. He like took me there. It was funny. Like I look back to the times that like when he first tried to hold my hand and how nervous we were both were, oh. even though we were 25 and you know, 20, he's younger than me, by the way, he's three years younger. We like that. Yeah. This is new he's, age. he's 22. He was 22 at the time. I was 25. But he and, knew what he wanted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Me. So, um, I mean, you've been with people who knew what they wanted. What episode was that? Whatever. <laughs> we're we're here for Kendall right now. Okay. So we, um, you know, we go on a bunch of dates and I had been very honest and, and the feelings for Anthony were still very strong because I just, I, I knew how passionate I was for him and how much I still cared for him. And the thought of moving on with somebody else actually put a dagger through my heart, like, because I was so connected to him and I couldn't think of doing, I know it sounds crazy, but I couldn't think of doing that to him. I couldn't think of, I put myself in his shoes so much where, cause if I saw him do that, I would be so sad because I was, we had such a connection. I, t- today's different, but back then I would have been sad. I would have let him do whatever he wanted to do, but I would have been sad because we were so connected still. And so Easton and I go on for about, I mean, I, I remember specifically he shows up to my, um, office building one day and my office building is like Fort Knox. You can't get into it when I'm working at E news, this was in mid Wilshire back in the day we've, yeah. we've since moved, but this was in mid Wilshire. You could not get into that building. Somehow he weaseled his way into that building one day to drop me off a snowman cookie and a coffee because I was having a rough morning. And like the these things happen. He loves. This. Does he yeah. have a brother? Does he have <laughs> he does. like any? his brother is very much taken. Has been in a relationship for ten okay. years, but but yes, he does. Well, so by girl. Yeah. yeah okay. Also, they're Jewish, and oh it's my perfect. god, do they have like <laughs> cousins? They just found out that they did the twenty three and me, and they just oh, found I out. I just signed up for that. I just sent that in like a yeah. month ago. I'm still waiting. How long do those things take? I think like two weeks. But yeah, he has yeah. a Jewish nose. Yeah, I know. I, I duh, when is I first no no, it's not. He knows that. I said, how did you not you know you were Jewish? until you were 25 years old and you took that test just by looking at you yeah, like you know Jewish what i mean look for sure yeah so it's so um, funny okay, okay. I, mean, I don't know <laughs> I mean, is that but... offensive whatever it's true so anyway. so so anyway so um he did all these sweet, sweet things for me literally all the time like just he was the most thoughtful human and i always remember every time i looked in his eyes i would think to myself you have the kindest eyes i've ever seen in my life like mm-hmm. just he he gave off this just 
overwhelming feeling of kindness. And, um, I'd never really been with anybody like that. And, and not that Anthony wasn't kind. He just was a very hard ass. Like he grew up in a very, like his family was very hard, like hard like that, you know, and he had had a rough childhood and that's what he was. And he was very, you know, he'd fought a lot growing up in high school and stuff. And so that was just kind of like who he was. But I love that about him because to me, he was the most cuddling kind. No one knew the Anthony I knew. No one, right? you know, and Easton, on the other hand, everybody, like, he just gave that feeling of kindness. He emitted those vibes. He totally, he came to my pumpkin spice brunch yeah. and everyone fell in love with him. They're like, Kenny, don't let him go. Yeah, He's like, yeah. So, um, I, I, again, I was so focused on doing me and finding me and loving me and learning how to love me without somebody else that I, I, I feel bad, but I, I ghosted him several times, like not, not once, not twice, like three or more times. Like I straight up just couldn't speak to him because I didn't want to be in a relationship. And I knew that he was a type of person that not only deserved that, but like that I could see myself dating right? and that I could see myself falling for. And I could not, I would not let myself, um, looking back on it, would I do anything different? Probably not because I, I did really discover some stuff about myself in the months to follow in the year to follow after I broke up with Anthony. And, but I still believe that it's important to do when th- something falls in your lap to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. It just is Don't a matter block of your blessings exactly. when they are there or receive them. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, we went back and forth for a very long time, um, until finally in August of the next year. So I met him in November, 2015 in August, 2016, on 8816 actually we go to Catalina and I kind of was like hey like we've been doing this for a while like do you want to be my boyfriend <laughs> oh my god so you asked him well because at that point he's probably like, I can't ask this girl. yeah because she he had I asked like me that and I always think like the reason I like that because I know Tiffany would never do it and I think <laughs> sometimes in okay. life you just gotta go mm-hmm. yeah yeah but he had asked me a couple of times he didn't ask me to be my, to be like his girlfriend but he did ask me um to be exclusive a couple of times. And I, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so on, at that point it was me and I was the one that was like, do you want to like do this? And he was like, uh, yeah. Oh. And, um, it, so yeah, so we ended up dating, um, that August of, uh, August, 2016 and things were good and everything was good. And, you know, I, we were getting to know each other. We went to some weddings together. We went to like, you know, we started getting to know each other's families and it was, it was really, it was really good and things were growing and fast forward to homecoming of that November. So it's a year East into my kind of year anniversary of meeting. And, um, I'm walking across the street to go to the Nino again with Easton. Cause that was what we wanted to do to like reminisce. And I'm crossing at, mind you, this is Oregon. It's homecoming. USC is playing Oregon. There are probably what, 200,000 people on that campus. A lot of people. I'm walking across the street to go to the Nino and up walks Anthony. This is the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, it gives me the chills to, it gives me the chills when I think about it. Like he walks past me who of all people in that whole campus to walk past me, he walks past me and I broke down, like legitimately broke down in tears. Cause I, I hadn't seen him. We had, were you alone or were you with someone? No, she was with Easton. Oh, I was with Easton. Yeah. I was with Easton and bless Easton. He 
he was upset, but he was like, what are you supposed to do? Like you just saw your ex that you haven't seen in wh- however long. And he knew the whole story and he knew how long it took me to, to be East, you know, to date Easton. And so he was like, uh, he was kind of at a loss for words and we both got like a little upset with each other. And I ended up going home that night and, you know, kind of figuring it out. Um, and essentially like, you know, um, obviously like, and I had talked after that moment cause he felt it too. And we were both like, what the hell? And so and, he saw you. Oh yeah. It saw me. Like oh, we okay. talked, like oh, okay. I turned around and I was like, I was like Anthony. And, and he was like, um, he was just like, whoa, you know, like, I can't believe that. So, um, I was like, uh, oh my gosh, Anthony. And, and he was like, Hey Kendall. And he gave me a big hug. And then we kind of just were like both blown away by the situation. I could see him getting a little like teary eyed and emotional. I didn't, we just like left it. And so we texted for a little bit after that and talked after that. And, um, just kind of were like, this is weird. And so, you know, go about our lives. And, um, I like wrote him another letter after that, that was basically like, here's again, why we can't be together. And like, now it's a different why, you know, cause now I have this new man in my life and it's not that I don't still care for you deeply and still have that passion for you deeply, but I am trying to figure this out with someone else because I, I feel very strongly for him, you know, and I can't let that go. And so, you know, that, that happens this again, this is November. So in December I get a letter from him and it's him basically saying a to let, me, like snail mail, where's the letter coming from? So or he had asked like me, email? so I was in North Hollywood and he had randomly said, I have something for you. And mind you, we lived together for five years. So a lot of times he was getting my mail. So we were still having sometimes I would have friends go pick it up. Sometimes I would go pick it up. Um, it just kind of depended. Sometimes he'd leave it outside and I'd get it, whatever it was. And he goes, Hey, I have some, I have a letter for you. And I'm like, okay, well I'm in actually North Hollywood. He's like, I'm heading, I don't know where he was driving, but he was like, I can meet you in North Hollywood. Um, I was like getting waxed or something. And so I was like, sure. And, um, he met me at a park and he, he sat there, you know, and I could tell he was emotional and he just was like, here, here it is. And he handed me this little piece of paper. And I was like, what is this? And I didn't open it right in front of him. He was like, just wait till later. And we talked for a while. And he was like, so what are you doing? New Year's was around the corner. It was right before New Year's, like 28th or something. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing whatever. I'm just, we're doing a pajama party or whatever it was. So I go home and I read the note. We leave part ways, hug, go on, you know, and every time we hugged goodbye, it was always a longer hug because you know, there's a lot there. There's so much. And I always wanted him to know, like, I still feel like I'm still so caring for you. And I just want you to feel it in my embrace. Know that I still care, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, I'm always going to care. I care to this day. And, um, so I, we gave a, I gave him a hug, went home, I read the letter and the letter basically was like, here is everything that I've learned since being away from you and everything that I want to give back to you and why I think he was like, I know that you have another man. I know that there's someone else in your life, but I don't think this is done. And here's why. And he was getting signs from the universe. Um, one he was getting, so again, I, I know I said this a couple of times, but my mom passed away. His father also passed away. Mm-hmm. So we had this weird connection cause we've, we had an experience once where we both saw our parents at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. Still gives me chills. We both saw our parents at the same time and it felt like it was a sign. Like you guys are supposed to be here. And this was early on in our relationship. So he kept saying, I keep his lights were going out in the apartment. Stuff was happening. He kept seeing one, four, three. And so he believed that that was a sign from our parents being like, 
continue to follow your love one for three. I love you. Keep following your love. And our thing was, I love you bigger than the sky, never ending to the moon and back. Cause his father said to him, I love you bigger than the sky, never ending. My mom said to me, I love you to the moon and back. So he always believed that that this was a rom-com. You should I'm write a screenplay. Get a grip, I can't ma'am. do this. I can't do write this. A, write a screenplay. So, sell that thing. Yeah. You so, and by the way, I've never like your listeners are hearing this like but from my mouth my friends have heard it other people have heard it but like I've never sat down I've like my blog barely touches on it you know because you can't write so much down it would be literally a book yeah so um you know we kind of uh, he, he was telling me and part of that note was, Hey, like I keep seeing one, four, three and like all this stuff. And it was all these letters. It was all this, like these bullet points essentially of like every reason why the universe is telling him that we should try this again. And he said, and here's everything that I've been working on. I promise to do this. I promise to do do this. I like, he would apologize profusely. I'm sorry for never, we never really went on dates and we never really did the things that we couples should do and that's both of our faults and i feel bad because but you were young though exactly yeah, we were we were broke you didn't have the money we yeah. were so broke like i said before you guys we were so broke we were 22 and 24 years old we were broke yeah and so we um you know we never really did the things that we should have done and he said i promise to treat you different i promise to do the things that i never did before that i can now you know and i took it to heart and i thought about it for a really long time but that was in december and you know at the time I was like, no, like I can't do this. Like, who am I? I, I'm with another man, like someone that I also care so deeply for that this other man who's treated me like I am the only woman to exist on the planet that he's ever seen in his entire life. Like literally that's how Easton treats me. And it, I was so conflicted because I was like, here's this man that I've had this deep, passionate connection for that we've both been through so much in our lives together, not together you know, and, and lived with for so long. And then here's this other man that has given me his heart and soul and has waited a year to date me and has done all this, you know, just beyond thoughtful things to just show me that he loved me. So that was in, again, that was right before new Year's. So a couple weeks go by and I think it was, I want to say it was January 9th might've been like, it was between January 9th and like January 16th, because it was like between his mom's birthday and his dad, Easton's mom and dad's birthdays, mm-hmm. because that's how I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I didn't go to his dad's birthday that year mm. because one of those weird things where I just had this revelation of, I don't, and I couldn't tell you what got me. I'm like trying to think back now, but what made me go, you, you have to give Anthony another shot. Like you, you have to, you know, get try I don't know what it was but I know that it was very strong and I and I went to Easton's apartment and said I can't do this anymore because there are feelings for Anthony that are still there and um you know Easton was so sad and heartbroken and and beyond and all these conversations happened in increments. And eventually when I told him, like, I'm going to get back together with Anthony, um, what his reaction was, was basically I'll be here when, when it doesn't work out again. (laughs) I'm just thinking like one, cause he loves you too. Does he just know it's not going to work out? I think Easton is very in touch with 
the universe and he's very in touch with his soul. He's like a musician and his parents are just the two most beautiful. Like I could cry talking about them. They're the two most beautiful humans, both artists, like so in touch with the universe and he's raised that way. And I think he just genuinely knew in his heart, genuinely. And he's so confident, genuinely, genuinely knew in his heart, like this girl and I are supposed to be together. And so whatever happens, I'm, it's going to work out in the end. And so, uh, we broke up. And thus it's chapter what? Are we on four? That's the end of chapter three. three. Yeah, end of chapter three. Okay, so chapter four now, which for those of you listening, sorry, this is so long, but now you understand why. So chapter four, um, rekindling with Anthony, I'll call it. Um, I won't even lie. It didn't even take a day. I immediately drove to Hollywood where we used to live. Um, I went to the gym that I know he works out at every single day and just took my chances with him being there. Oh my God. (laughs) And I worked out and he ended up being there and we ended up getting like smoothies afterwards. Or I think we went to breakfast or something. Um, I think it was breakfast. We just caught up like nothing, you know, and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, Oh, just needed to get a workout in. (laughs) And so we ended up catching up and um, you know, I explained to him everything that had happened with Easton and I, you know, was very honest. I said, your letter really impacted me and, you know, all these signs from the universe. And I, you know, I can't ignore that. And I can't ignore the fact that there are still obviously very strong feelings here and we have so much history and I am, you know, I was moving in a very serious direction with Easton as well. And I don't know that I can do that, you know, if this is just going to continue to be in the back of my mind and in the bottom of my heart. So, um, he agreed and he pulled out another letter. Like he, he's like, I wrote this a long time ago. I don't even know when he was like, and it was basically just a longer version of, you know, I told you it was a little piece of paper before Mm -hmm. and it was a longer version of everything he wanted to do for me that he wasn't sure was ever going to, he was ever going to be able to, but he wanted to manifest that into his reality. And that's a big thing. Like I, I'm reading you are a badass by Jen Sincero. And she's so, she believes in manifesting what you want your reality to be. So you have your fantasies and your realities and your fantasies are just, your reality without excuses, if that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So he's a big believer in that too. And Anthony basically was just like, look, I manifested all of the, all what I wanted. And I've, he he had a whole um, motivation board. And when I went to the apartment that we both lived at, that he was still at on the top of the board was me. And yeah. What is your life? First of all, (laughs) I mean, does it, does it happen? Ah, it's like such a romance. Yeah. It's, would you allow, would you receive it if it came I mean, to I life? don't know if I, I feel like you guys are so, like all three of you are very in touch with the universe. Yeah. I think like you need to be for this to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you guys, Anthony and Easton would be friends. Like they are literally so like they're so in tune with that, you know, of course, Easton's a little bit more like he's a little more like, like softer and kinder and more. He just is that he's a gentle, kind, wonderful human. But like Anthony, on the other hand has, it's just a different kind of in touch with the universe, if that makes sense. So they would definitely, I a hundred percent. And my friends have said the same thing. Like they would actually get along really well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like, so on the top of the motive, on the motivation board is me and you know he show, he has a whole um mood board like for what he wants and all of it is there's a lot that's me like he had a a debit card that you know on the back the security code on the back or whatever the security number the three digit code yeah. guess what it was 143 one, four, three. yes yes so it's 143 and he 
instead of using it, he canceled it so he could put it on his motivation board Wow! and, and remember that he had so many things. I mean, it, the list goes on it. He had apartments he wanted to move into with me. He had like all these different things, like not just some me. It was a lot think, of, some people would think that's a little crazy. So it wasn't just me. Like, let me, there was parts of it that were me, but there was also parts of it that a lot of it was career. Like there yeah. was just parts, pieces of me that were sp- person and his career to him is everything exactly no his career to him is everything and he's very very talented um like producer and and uh video editor um like he should be making music videos that's what i've always thought um but he had so it was a lot of it was career but there was little bits of me everywhere and one of them was like he saw this um we had like looked at apartments obviously when we were first moving in together and like we loved these like beautiful places and like one of them was like i you know i could always see us like moving into this place which is like a new place called camden in hollywood and so you know i see my, i'm seeing all of this and i'm just like wow like and admittedly like i kind of like I like went through his journal like at one point when he was showering and I was like all of this I know that's horrible but like I wanted to I just needed the signs that like he really was invested in like yeah. making this work and it wasn't just me being crazy and leaving this amazing man you know Easton for an ex that didn't work out in the yeah. first place you know right. and so I needed all these and I saw all of it and I was like wow you know yeah. this is incredible like he manifested this into his reality right. and I just was blown away from it and by it and I and I still cared so passionately for him and that's why I knew it was important to do and I don't regret it you mm-hmm. know I still don't regret it and so you know we we that was in January so our anniversary technically is is Valentine's Day is February 14th and um so we end up it's you know celebrating Valentine's Day and that night we go let's go somewhere like we were like we were so stoked that we were back and we're figuring this out and you know I, I want you guys to know I'm not, I wasn't, when I was with Anthony again, it wasn't that I was sitting there going, this is it. We're getting married a hundred percent. No, that was not. I just was like, I want to see what happens. Mm. I need to see what happens with this. And I'm not going to put anything out there. Like this is the end all to be all. I didn't do that. And I knew that if it didn't work out, people were going to judge. And if it did work out, people were going to judge. It didn't matter. So whatever happened at that point, I was going to say happened. So we go, I had all this time off because with when you work in entertainment, you work all the award shows. So I had all these comp days off, like literally 10 comp days. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to take these days. I've never been to Europe. What do you say? He goes, let's go to Paris. So we, we, we put it in the universe. We just were like, let's, let's go to like, let's go to Europe. Let's go somewhere great. And he thought Paris the next day, he sends me an email. Well, it looks like we're going to Paris. It's a link to Drake tickets. He's performing in Paris on my birthday, March 12th in Paris. And Drake, for those of you who know me and those of you who don't, Drake is literally my, I love him. I've been to every concert, never missed one. In fact, I went to Drake that year as well, like the year before in in what, like 2016, I went to Drake and the same concert I went to in Paris with with Anthony. The Drake fans are crazy. Yeah, I remember he got you tickets. Yeah. For the Drake concert. Yeah, exactly. And like a Drake hoodie or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And so he he goes, well, we're going to Paris because I just bought us floor tickets to see Drake in Paris chills. on your birthday. I have chills. And I'm like, what are the odds? What are the odds? This is it. So we use our, you guys, we end up using our points. We both had opened Alaska Airlines cards at the same time when we were first dating. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and uh, we got all these points. So we had points. We paid round trip $109 for our tickets. For our, oh so it's just everything lined up. Yeah. We found this cute little place in, in Paris. It ended up not being so cute. And I actually had to, we had to stay in a hotel room one night. That's, I'll get to the bubble bath. <laughs> okay. But um, because I was like, it was like very small and it was in the Latin district, which is very loud in Paris. Mm-hmm. If you guys know, it's very loud. And I sound so bougie saying this, but. If you've ever yeah. been there, that is a loud district. Right. <laughs> um, and you just wanted something cute and nice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't like we were partying. Like, mm-hmm. we literally were just going as tourists. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so we we end up, um, you know, buying this trip literally less than a month in advance. We leave, I think we left on, like, March 7th. I need to go to Paris. Yeah. So we so Valentine's Day we say we want to go to Paris. The next day he buys tickets to Drake. The next, I think it was literally the next night we end up, like – Getting the ticket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, so were you guys living together again? At no, this point? no, oh, okay. I was still living with my okay. with my roommate. Um, and we had at this point we had moved to Sherman Oaks. Okay. Um, so I was still living with my roommate. Um, and my two roommates, and, you know, they they, my best friend Chrissy knows everything. Mm-hmm. She knows everything. So mind you, I'm telling her all of this, and she is the greatest human being, you guys. Um. You guys have to find yourself a Chrissy because she looked at me and she said, whatever your heart wants is what my heart wants. Like whatever makes you happy makes me happy. And she was the greatest friend through all of this because she lived with me. She was the one that knew everything. All my other best friends from home. I have five best friends, been best friends since kindergarten, like literally inseparable. And, but she lived with me and she was the only one that knew the ins and outs and still was like, do it girl. Like Mm -hmm. whatever you need to do, do it. And she, so everybody find yourself a Chrissy, but, um, she, you know, she was cool with it. And I told her all the things she was like, good for you. Like, go do it. Explore, find out what you guys are like when you're by yourselves in another country and you know nothing and don't know the language and don't know anything. My favorite thing to do in the world. Yeah. So we did it. And I was like, if anything, this is going to teach us whatever we need to know about ourselves and whatever we need to know about our love. And we go, and I'm, I, you know, we had a great time. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, it looked amazing. And can I just say, yes. Kenny has like a real following as in people really care about her and her life. <laughs> and I remember like Ethan had come to my pumpkinita party. Right. And then the next thing I know, she was seeing Instagram stories of her and David in a bubble bath in Paris. Yeah. And we just don't, the world doesn't understand. And yeah. it's that big of a thing where everyone's texting confused. Kenny doesn't know. She's just living her life. All of us are like, what's going on? Like screenshots and moments. Everyone's trying to figure this out because yeah. it just. And you didn't care, which I love. No. And it's so, but I, you guys need to know I am the most caring. I, my One of my big things this year is to stop caring so much about what everybody thinks and hence me doing this podcast because yes. truly I, I can't be so focused on what no one can be so focused on what everybody else thinks because think about it. You walk into a movie. Let's call it Lady Bird. Or you know what? Better better than that. Which call I me- love Tiffany Thurston. Yes. Like she doesn't it. know good things. I okay. like it. Call me by your name. Let's do this. Which because I love. Tiffany will never yes. watch. Yes. <laughs> call me by your name. You white watch it and you go, I love this or I do not understand this. Mm-hmm. Two people, two, 700 people, 350 of them feel one way. The other 350 feel another way. So no matter what I was doing with my life you or what anybody's doing with their life you cannot care because everybody's going to have a, an opinion and it could be one thing or it could be another thing and you you can't care yeah. you know we all have it opinions just, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the only right. one that matters is yours right and so i in the in that moment that's when i that was the most 
in my life that I've ever been like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm doing this for me and no one's going to understand it except for me and maybe Chrissy. God bless her soul. And so (laughs) I literally was like, I don't care what you all think. I'm going to do it. And so you know, we started posting on Instagram and trust me, I was getting the text I was getting and I'm in Paris. So I can't like really respond. And people are like, wait, what? Like, whoa, what? And I got half of them were like, what's going on? The other half was, oh my gosh, like, this is cool. Like people were happy because yeah. people loved Anthony. Yeah. Like there's nothing, he was a great guy. Yeah. So people were very confused. And, um, you know, like I said, we had a great trip. It was, it was, it, it was a magical in every sense of the way. And in, in every sense of the term, Anthony set up things for my birthday. He set up a dinner in front of the Eiffel Tower so that at midnight I could watch when it sparkled on my birthday. He set up all these different little plans here and there. You know, I woke up on my actual birthday. He had decorated, mind you, we went out the night before at midnight. We went to Le Titty Twister in um, Paris. Actually, Drake was supposed to be there with his crew, but only his crew was there. And and Anthony had set this all up. He yeah. figured this all out. Yeah. So we, a good man. we go, yeah, we go to this club. You know, those clubs don't close until like six o'clock in the morning. They don't even open until midnight right. or later. So we're there till six o'clock in the morning. I wake up the next day. It's probably, I don't know, not eight, nine. He's already decorated the entire hotel room with happy birthday signs. A bubble bath is running. He's gotten champagne. He's gotten, um, he couldn't find a cupcake. So he had to get a muffin and like put a candle in it. Like oh it was just thoughtful beyond yeah. belief. This is so I would ne- like, I love it, but I would, I would actually be like, you didn't have to do all that. Exactly. Like, and actually don't. Yeah. Yeah. So my personality and so I please, like more, please. Yeah. And I am. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. No. And like, I didn't, I was just like, oh my, I was very hungover, but like was very much like, this is, this is beyond anything I could have imagined. Like he had to pack these decorations. Like he had to pack them in his already massive suitcase. Uh, yeah. We were in Paris for like eight days. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he managed to pack a gift for me, which was like this like cute little like uh, piece of artwork mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. It was it was above and beyond in anything I could ever expect. But you guys, he wrote that letter promising me he was going to make up for all the times that he there was one there was one birthday where he um, gave me a Valentine's Day gift because I don't know, we weren't doing Valentine's Day gifts. So instead, he just like saved the gift. It was a very obvious thing. And like, it hurt my feelings a lot. This was like years before. And I think he was just trying to make up for everything. And not that I needed the material stuff doesn't matter to me. The thoughtfulness does. And I was like, wow, he's really, you know, proving himself and trying to prove himself, like he said in his letter. And so, you know, it was it was such a again, it was such a magical trip. Um, But I cannot lie. And I hope if if Anthony listens to this, he doesn't take offense to this and he doesn't think that it wasn't a beautiful trip for him and I because it was. And we learned what we needed to learn from each other. But there were several moments in that trip where all I could think about was Easton. Mm-hmm. Easton studied in Paris for um, like eight months or something in college. Um, he's, he like did a, a study abroad there and there were little things like his last name is F-I-E-R, which is a French word. And there was I would see F-I-E-R, the sign, like signs for that, like randomly on the side, like we were going to the palace of Versailles and I was in a train and I saw this big sign. I think he might be a French soccer player or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was F-I-E-R massive sign. Yeah. Why would I see wow. that? The biggest thing for me was, um, we go to Montmartre, which I'm not saying that correctly, but it's, it's, uh, a town that's up above 
all of Paris. And the reason it's on the outskirts of Paris is because it's where they, they pushed, they wanted all of the uh, wealthy people in the middle of Paris and they pushed all of the not wealthy, like kind of, you know, poor people to the outskirts. And so Montmartre was where all the poor people lived. It's where Moulin Rouge is mm-hmm. like above it. It's above it. It's in the red district. And like, there's a bunch of other places, but it's beautiful. Um, and the soccer court, we were, we were going to, we were walking the stairs of soccer court, which is on the top and it mm-hmm. overlooks everything. And I'm like, God, like you, you takes your breath away. You physically feel like, oh my gosh, I can't like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And you're, you're, it's, it's insane. And we're walking down the steps and this man is playing his guitar and he's playing Tennessee whiskey, which is a country song Mm -hmm. by Chris Stapleton. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not anything French, nothing that should be playing in Paris. Why? Mm -hmm. It's the song that Easton had first. It was the first time Easton had ever been like, this song reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. Shocked, chills, you and the universe chills, are actually yeah. it's giving me like it's it's too much. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so I mean, I know this sounds crazy because you're like, how many signs from the universe can you get? How but many it was, does one need? Right. And so, and this is my story. And everybody else has a story, and you're gonna have a different story, and everybody who's listening has a different story, and this is mine. And so whether or not you think I'm crazy for all these signs, quotes air quote signs from the universe, whatever. I don't care. But I kid you not. I looked and looked at the man and he was a friend. You could tell, you can tell when they're French singing this song and I'm going, why, why are you singing a country song in Paris? It makes no, an American, very American country song. It made no sense to me, but I, I let it go and just was like, you know, I, I can't like, I need to, whatever, you know? So, um, I get home from the trip with Anthony and again we had a we had a beautiful we had a beautiful trip and it was a it, it was eye opening in so many ways um and one of those ways I think for me was that we just weren't as compatible as I think we used to be mm-hmm. cuz people grow and change yes and I had grown and he had grown and we had just grown into two not different but just yeah different I guess we just evolved in different directions mm-hmm. and like I, there are just little things that would happen that it's nothing that would make or break a relationship, you know, a strong relationship, but it was things to me that mattered. And, um, Easton can speak French, right? He could have a full blown conversation with you in French. Mm -hmm. He's not French. He's not, and he, he never like, it's not like he took French and knows the language. Like he just, he's so good at that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm he's so worldly is a word I'm looking for. And I realize that's, I like that in a partner. I like somebody who's super worldly. And like, there were times, you know, in France where it was me who had to kind of be the one that was like, Hey, we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And we're going to go here. And we're going to do this. Even though Anthony definitely made, he made it a point to be like, I'm taking you to dinner this night and I'm making all these decorations. He did the things, but it just wasn't what I needed, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And he did all the right things. And it just was a realization that was like, this just isn't what I need anymore. And so, um, I, I still waited cause I wanted to come back and still like, you know, feel it out. And I know we went to a couple, like he's big into the Hollywood scene now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Anthony, I, yes, mm-hmm. Anthony's big into the Hollywood scene. And I just remember we were at this club and his friend was DJing. And I remember thinking to myself, this is not the life 
that like I like, I don't want this. No, like, this is not me. I don't want this. And I was just like, this isn't me. And it's not that it's him either. I think he just had gotten so accustomed to that when we when he was single mm-hmm. that that was like his friends were that. And like, you know, in it, he had grown a little bit apart from his friends in high school. And like th- that was the group that I knew. And so it was like it was just we'd both grown. And so I kind of in that moment went, OK, like something's not right here and throughout all of this again I will tell you like and I'm being very honest in that I would always think about Easton and I would always go that was such a beautiful man and a beautiful relationship that I had to give up to see where this was going to go and I ended up it's actually really interesting because I ended up breaking up with Anthony on one of my best friend's birthdays and I saw to go to the birthday and I didn't tell anybody and I just put on this happy face and when literally no one knew and I just was fine and I had to be fine and I had to get through it. And so, um, I broke up with him and I'm I'm going ahead of myself, but essentially what happened was he came over and we were sitting there talking and I just said to him, I've realized I'm no longer in love with you. (gasps) And we were sitting on my bed and I can remember it. And I just said, I've realized I'm no longer in love with you. And it's not, anything you did and it's not anything I did. We just are different now. And I can't like, we went, we did all of this cause we needed to know this. And I was like, if we had never done this, we would have questioned it our whole life. And I said, I'd rather, you know, I, I just want you, I can't not tell you that, but in my defense, and this is like, I'm telling you this as it's all coming back to me. I also said to him, I'm willing to work on it. If you want to stay with me, knowing that I'm not in love with you, I'm willing to work on it. I'm willing to keep fighting and to keep figuring it out. I have a question. Yes. So you seem to be always willing to like have the important conversations in a very open way. I feel like most people are not. Like, yeah. Where do you get that from? Like most people, like they know that, I love but they don't that say question, that. question because I'm so afraid to say those things. Um, my dad. Mm-hmm. I My dad raised me. My dad never beat around the bush. He never, my mom was correct. She caressed me and she, you know what I mean? She like molded me because she wanted me to be confident and happy. And like, you know, my dad just was a straight shooter. And I love that about him. I just went to Napa with him last weekend and I made sure to tell him that because I wanted him to know that as much as I'm my mom's daughter, I'm my, I'm my father's daughter too, Mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't know how to lie to you. I don't know how to smoke up your ass I don't know how to beat around the bush like I just can't do that Mm -hmm. and so and um I I I thank him for that because my whole life like I remember when I was trying out for varsity soccer my freshman year in in high school he looked at me and it was like a couple months before tryouts and he said Kendall I I don't want to I don't want to hurt you but you're not going to make the varsity Mm -hmm. soccer team you're just not like period you're just you're awkward you're because I was growing I was I told you this like I was literally five nine a hundred pounds so he was like you're not gonna make the varsity soccer team I'm just telling you that I trained my ass off day in and day out everybody was going to the beach that summer I was working out I was going to the soccer field I was juggling I was doing whatever I could I ended up making the varsity soccer team thanks to my dad because if he had never been honest with me I would have never worked harder to become what I wanted to become so that's where I get it from like you're doing great yeah exactly and and he just wasn't like that yeah Kendall your voice your singing voice not good like (laughs) that's who my dad is yeah like but he's also one to he will tell you when you're doing great but he also was he just wasn't the one so when I would get to these points in my life I did not know any other way other than to say what I was feeling right so that's when I when I had the conversation with him I was very honest and I said look I 
I'm just not in love with you anymore. And it's nothing you did, nothing I did. We just grew, grew apart. I'm willing though to work on it. I'm willing to see where this goes. I need I'm, to know what he said. Oh, he said, um, I, I don't want to, he said, I understand that. And I've been feeling it from you. And he said, I don't want to tarnish five years together for three months. That's not going to work. He would rather have had the memories of our beautiful four year, four and a half, whatever it was, five now total and total around five years together. Um, He didn't want that to be overshadowed by three months at just of us not working and of us not being fully in love. But it was beautiful. Exactly. He kissed my forehead and he walked out. And I, I know this man's, the back of his head, I know the shape of his ears, I know, I know, I can still, I could paint this picture of him kissing my head and leaving. And in that moment, everything like collapsed because that was the moment, the only moment I've ever felt truly that we were done. Mm-hmm. That, that, that moment. And that was, so it was probably March 29th 2017 yeah my best friend's birthday is the 30th oh my god and so it was probably march 29th um and so i like i i had to go to a actually i had to go to a podcast show that night oh wow Wow. how weird i went to a podcast show i was going to a podcast show that night i've never seen my chrissy's brother was doing a podcast show that night and i didn't know how i was going to make it because i was you guys that day i so after he left i had to start like getting ready because i had all this stuff going on that night and i couldn't it was my friend's birthday i literally could not bring that kind of like energy to her like it she deserved you know everybody deserves on their birthday to feel and i just i had to get it together so i cried and cried and cried and i remember texting chrissy how am i going to get up how do i get up out of bed right now and she said get up and get in the shower okay got up get in the shower collapsed to my knees in the shower and i've never felt this heartbreak the only time i've ever felt such a heartbreak was when my mom died mm-hmm. that's the only time i ever felt that true like someone died like that's what it felt like to me. And it was very similar. I'm not going to say it's on the same level, but it was very similar to go, Oh my gosh, this person is out of my life forever. Mm-hmm. And I truly felt that. And I it get like, I, when I think about it, I get wound up because I think about, I remember just laying on the shower on all fours in the shower, praying that both of us got through it. Like I remember praying to God, please get us through the, both him and I get us through this because I am feeling this way. I can only imagine how he was feeling. And I was just, beyond belief i was i was grieving Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i just prayed to god in that moment i remember going please let us get through this please let us see the light please have a positive outcome for this and i i actually remember like texting easton i think it was the next day and being like because easton had randomly texted me and been like i don't know what it is but I, I had the urge to text you and I hope everything's okay. It was something wow. super weird again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I remember texting him back going, what? Like, I literally just broke up with Anthony. How did you know this? Yeah. Like, I, I literally... Because you're connected. Uh, yeah. So you guys, so I say this when people think I'm crazy, but when I say my heart was with two people at once, it truly, genuinely was. Right. And like... Easton knew when I was feeling that way and Anthony knew when there was, you know what I mean? And so it was these two people that just genuinely connected with me on such a level that I can't even explain. And he texts me and he goes, I just had this weird, like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not. And I was very honest with Easton. I said, I feel like my whole world just crashed. I feel like someone died Mm -hmm. again. 
And I was very honest in telling him how upset I was and how whatever. And he was like, you know, I'm here for you, whatever you need. I know how hard this can be. I can't even imagine like you're such a strong, like, or you're such an emotional, passionate person about love and everything. And so Easton, you know, was like, I'm there for you. And a couple weeks went by and I guess this is now chapter five is um rekindling with easton oh my god welcome to my life circle full circle so a couple weeks go by and easton's like look i told you that i was gonna wait you know i'm these this isn't word for word word because i can't remember but i know it was like i i told you i was gonna wait and i i've waited and now is it my turn to take you out you know Mm -hmm. and i was like i mean it, it like i still wasn't over and i was like you know that i'm grieving from this. Like I'm, I'm a mess still. I'm a mess. And he was like, I know I just can't wait any longer to see you. I've waited so long. It feels like to see you again and to, to hold you and to know what it feels like to be with you. And can I just take you out? Can I just take you out just to get away, you know, just to go do something. And I was like, sure. So I met him at his apartment and he goes, okay, I'm going to drive. And you know, he, the first moment I saw him, I was like, God, he's so attractive. Like, you know, like I remember you remember and you're like, God, he's so attractive. And he hugged me and it was fine. Like it was very normal. And so I remember driving the sun's like not setting, but it's coming down. It's like kind of like golden hour. It's like in your eyes. And I remember he like looked over at me. He was like, I I honestly can't believe you're in my car right now. Like he was like, I never thought you'd be in my car again. Like you're in my Mm -hmm. car. And he ends up, he has his whole picnic set up in the beach. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And it was actually the same location where we first told each other we loved each other. Mm -hmm. Uh. And he had set it all up and he had like, done all this stuff and it was like rosé and like all my favorite stuff cheese and crackers and salami and pizza and everything whatever it was and um you know we had a long conversation he was like I know you're not this is gonna take so much time and he was like but I I just care so much about you and I've waited and I told you I was gonna wait and I've waited and I was patient I really want my turn and he was like I think that we have something here that can't be denied and he was so great the way that he just worded it and I'm not giving it any justice but the way that he worded it because of course you guys I'm sitting there going there's no way I'm doing this again mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. jumping back into another relationship with an I've ex there, I know what it's like exactly and just, I don't think that I didn't think yeah. that of course I'm the hardest person on myself yeah. and I went there and I definitely was like this is no I can't <sighs> do this and I thought about it for a while and I thought why can't I do this what did I just say to you? I can't do this again. I just went through this and I know it's not going to work. And you know, I, I know everybody's going to think I'm crazy. And that's why I realized why are you, you're going to just not do this because somebody else is going to tell you you're crazy. And somebody else is going to think that you're whatever you are, you know, um, what is a, a, another word of like a womanizer, a man eater, man whore. No, <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. A, no, that's, that's like still a, yeah. Yeah. That's opposite. Yeah. Like, no, just kidding. But like, oh. I knew, I knew what everybody was going to think. I knew that people were going to be like, this girl is out of her damn crazy. mind. This girl yeah. is a Take nutcase. Yeah. Well, guess what? I am not a nutcase. In fact, I've been to therapy for a very long time and I'm certifiably not a nutcase, but. And you've also had like an amazing life. So, you know, the other ones that are sitting on the side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who had, like, who else can say, say they have this love story? I mean. And, you know, in the end, so I thought about it a long time with Easton and I told him very honest I said look if you want to do this with somebody like me and if you're willing to do this again after everything we've been through and after knowing what I just did and if you're willing to watch me continue to make my like 
work my way out of my lost relationship and to continue to grow from that and learn from it and figure it out. If you're willing to be with me through all of that, then sure. And he said, I'm willing to be with you through anything basically. And we are still together and, um, we've been through a lot and I just, I guess what the whole thing taught me was so, you know, I, every day with Easton, I, we grow a little bit more because you Mm -hmm. have to understand we can't, we didn't come from a, a, like a base. We came from below ground. Like you have to understand, like we came from a place of, from the Frank British accent. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And like, we literally came from below ground with like everything that we've happened. We had to work our way up to a base again Mm -hmm. and then grow from there. Mm -hmm. So every day is something new and everything, every day is a new chance to be grateful for having each other and a new chance to be grateful for everything we went through. And I still pray for Anthony every single night. Not a Mm. night has gone by where I don't pray for his happiness. I, I, every, it, there is so much still that I, I mean, not still, there will always, I'm not even going to say still, there will always be a place in my heart for him because he, we both did this together. We went through this together and I know he grew from it and he's told me he grew from it and he is a different person because of it. And he's a better person because of it. And I will never ever look back on it and think I'm and be regretful or anything because I learned so much about myself. And I also like learned what it means to know love and to be able to say goodbye to love. Mm, mm, mm. You know what I mean? I think that is a takeaway. Yeah. I feel like you have to go through it Yeah. to learn from it and then decide what you want to do. Right. I think a lot of people try to decide first yeah. without going through all the yes. things. Yes. And a yeah. lot of people, I will be the first to admit. Myself included. Yeah. You know, I'm, mess, I'm we, working on it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is it changed my opinion of how I looked at other people and their relationships because just like y- you guys, just like anybody else in the world, you see their, these Instagram people just like you were doing, Tiff, yeah. right? Where you, you look and you go, what the hell is going on? And like, I know there's a girl that I grew up with that like had a boyfriend for like seven years. They broke up and like literally six months later, she was engaged to another guy. And I remember sitting there and judging the hell out of her going, how do you move on from a seven-year relationship and get engaged within six months? I My mind was blown. Well, come you know, full circle with my situation. I can't look at anybody. I don't care what you've gone through, what you've done. I can't look at anybody and judge or have any opinion on anybody's love life because you have no idea what's going on in that person's heart. Like you have no idea the emotions and what they're feeling and what's going on. Even if you think you're their best friend, you just don't know. And like, you can't judge anybody's love life. You really can't. love a judgy moment. They love showing people's Instagram stories. Can you imagine she's in Paris? Yeah. Like people just love caring more than they need to about things that you just don't understand. It was wild because people didn't know people didn't know yeah but they don't and, have to i think that's the thing to. that i more is like people actually you don't have to know but i think your testimony is gonna be so inspirational to so many people who are afraid to actually follow their heart yeah and i and that's if i can say one thing like y- you only have you in this life no matter if you're married, no matter what, you only have you and you only have the way that you genuinely feel in your heart. And if you can't go with that, you can't go with anything. You know, you can't Mm. do any, you can't, how do you live your life not trusting your own heart? Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I just want every, everybody to know that everybody's doing their best and everybody's, and they're following what they can feel. And if 
if they're doing something that you maybe don't agree with, that doesn't mean that they're not doing their best and they're trying to figure it out. You know, everybody's just trying to figure it out. Mm. So, yeah. And I, that is the message of this. Everybody's trying to figure it out, figure out for yourself. Don't judge other people. Tweet us at love in limbo land on Twitter. If you have in love with two people, or if you had moments where you didn't trust your heart and you wanted to, and you regret it, or if you've trusted it and it's led you to crazy places like, Tennessee whiskey being played in Paris <laughs> right. at top of the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And Kenny, do you want to um, plug your blog where people can learn more about your story and what's going on with you? Yes, of course. It's 20 something Kendall. So spelled out 20 T W E N T Y something Kendall.com. What happens when you turn 30? That's where I don't know. I thought about this in the shower today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's going to be like looking back on my 20s with Kendall. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning Thank in. We you. love you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Kudzi. And you've been listening to Love in Limbo Land. You can find us on Twitter at Love in Limbo Land. And don't forget to go to Apple or Google Play Podcast to subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time. It's over, boo. Don't let them play you.